Nikki, are you scared of birds? A little bit. What? Only if they come close. Okay. Well, you know, I mean. There fair. was a racket in a tree um, at the neighbor's house that a I wasn't real sure what it was. A racket in a tree? The birds were making a oh, racket. Making there a was racket. a noise that sounded like what, what, what people of another generation might call making a racket. And okay. uh, it was a bird. The leaves were big, so I think it was just like, I don't know, having a fight with the leaf or something. Fighting with leaves. It could happen. Recording. Sure, sure. Oh no! We okay. are. We're recording. Um, welcome back. Welcome back. It's uh, the second installation. Installation. Is that good? I think so. Probably not. Um, it's the second episode. Episode. There we go. That's the word that I was looking for. It's the second episode mm-hmm. of our podcast, the Late to Church podcast. I am James. I'm here with Nikki. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> are you, um, how, how, how do you feel about being a podcaster? I feel really, uh, ill-equipped and, um, confused at my presence here, but nevertheless, enjoy myself. I feel similar. I have a lot of, <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of equipment that I don't really know how to use. Like I kind of know how to yeah. use it a little bit. Um, and we're just kind of going for it, but it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, last week was a lot of fun. Um, we are going to kind of continue our conversation uh, about encounter, but as we promised last week, we're also going to talk about, uh, maybe balancing that church life with that home life, or maybe, uh, we've been talking here, uh, before we started recording, maybe about, maybe we're going to be talking about the myth of balancing church life with that home life, the myth of it. Mm. Um, and, and maybe, or maybe the misunderstanding of it. So, uh, that's exciting. It's pretty cool. Welcome to all of you, uh, listening. Uh, we're not going to say tuning in again. We learned that lesson last (laughs) week. We're going to say listening because you've downloaded the podcast or you've clicked on the podcast. However you, uh, find your podcasts, you found us. So welcome. Uh, we're excited to be here. Um, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? <laughs> we did this last time. Why don't you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this week, like I said, we're going to talk about kind of that, uh, that, that balance or maybe the lack thereof of, of feeling like we, when we feel like our, our church life and our life life, uh, don't really mesh, right? Maybe we feel like we're, we're one person when we go to mass or one person, when we go to church, we're one person when we're maybe around our church friends, Mm. uh, but we're not that person. And, and recognizing that discrepancy, I think for a lot of people in their lives, for me included, 
it's a painful thing. It's a shameful thing to feel like, man, I go to church and I get down on my knees and I pray and I, I kind of go through these motions, whether you're Catholic, whether you're, you know, you're some other Christian denomination, even if you're not Christian, I think everybody kind of goes through that. Um, but by the time I make it home or by the time I make it, um, you know, sometimes even just like out back to the parking lot of the church, I'm realizing, you know, I, I put on a show in there in that church building, but I am not that person and kind of the, the different elements of shame and frustration and just dissatisfaction that can kind of come along Mm. with that. Um, and so I, I want to talk a little bit, um, about, um, I don't think we're going to, uh, like testify like we did in the last episode. Uh, we're not going to testify every week, but I do want to share a little bit kind of about that, um, that feeling in my own life. And, and, uh, cause that's something that's, that's there. It's certainly there. And I've had, um, periods of time, sometimes long periods of time in my life where, um, I felt like, you know, I am not the person that I am. I am saying that I am like, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm not the person that I am putting out there, uh, when I'm around the teens that I minister to, or when I'm around, uh, you know, the, the core team that, that kind of facilitates all that or their parents, or even, you know, the, the priests and, and different clergy that act as my, you know, as my supervisors and my directors. Right. Um, and then especially like in the sacramental life, I'm, I feel like there is a big difference between uh, what I'm proclaiming and what I'm professing on Sunday uh, versus the other six days of the week, right? Um, and I, I say that, uh, one, again, to kind of let you all know, um, this is the Lake to Church podcast. We're all about yeah. being in that boat of um, discomfort, and, and hopefully we're all focused on um, encouraging one another and kind of being vulnerable uh, with one another, um, to the extreme that we can, we can kind of share those things, which is cool. Um, so I, uh, one of my best friends that I've ever had was a, a priest uh, named Father Wade Russell. I know Nikki, you know, <laughs> you know our new Father Wade. Yeah. Um, he's he has passed on, uh, but we'll and we'll talk about him someday, I'm sure. Um, but I think uh, kind of seeing his struggle, and I don't want to like. Um, I don't want to speak negatively about his struggle at all, but kind of seeing his struggle and his uh, hearing his faith story uh, has inspired me to um, really to not be so hard on myself uh, in this uh, in this way, right? Yeah. Um, Father Wade was someone who uh, he he really enjoyed life. Uh, he really liked to to have a good time. He liked to um, take his friends out for drinks. He liked to to you know wear Hawaiian shirts and barbecue and wear flip flops and stuff like that. He was very much yeah. um, a a a country boy from Texas uh, where he grew up, and so. Um, there, there was this, I think, when I first met him, I first met him right after he'd been ordained a priest. He'd, he'd been a priest, um, you know, not very long. Um, and when I first met him, uh, it was a little bit shocking to me just how human he was, right? And just how willing to be a normal guy he was. And um, that, was a, that was a huge lesson for me in the sense that uh, I, I realized for the first time, and I'd probably been a youth minister three or four years already at this point, and I, but I realized for the first time that, um, that God didn't want me to, he, he, he doesn't want me to kind of exist in this vacuum where my holiness on Sunday is I'm really only pursuing that holiness in order to cancel out 
all the things that I feel bad about in my life the rest of the week. Right. Right. Like that's not the point. The point is, again, like we talked about in the last episode, to encounter God and to kind of mm-hmm. grow in faith with him. Well, you know, we see it in scripture. We see it in our own lives. That's hard. It's very hard. It's hard. And I think in kind of a weird way, it's easier for us. And you can tell me how you feel about this. It's easier for us to think that there's kind of this, this give and take or like this, this, um, this balance in balance out kind of formula where, okay, I've been, I've done X, Y, and Z things from Monday to Saturday Mm -hmm. and I'm, I feel bad about them. So I'm going to go in on Sunday and I'm going to try to be my holiest or I'm going to go on, go in on Sunday and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of try to hide those things from Mm -hmm. everyone else. And, and hopefully even from God and from, you know, my, you know, my family or whoever, and I'm going to kind of put on this holy front and get as much holy as I can in, in that hour. Um, but inevitably what happens when we, when we find ourselves in those habits is we wind up just going back to the dissatisfaction yeah. that we feel all, all the time. Feeling right? a little empty. Yeah. 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 Um, so I've definitely felt that emptiness in my own life. I've definitely uh, struggled with that. I think we all have. Um, Nikki, what are For your sure. thoughts? Uh, my thoughts. I like the idea of um, that word vacuum and not wanting to have our faith exist inside of a vacuum because um, that can get tricky. And I think um, I've seen um, I know I've seen some faiths do do their church week a little differently and it and, and and i feel like it looks different like i almost wonder if um part of the problem is um in our catholic church at least or at least in my example w- with with my family is the mass on sunday um catechesis on a wednesday type of thing that it feels segmented and it feels like we're in a little bit of a vacuum that it's hard to take a natural step away because in the rest of our life um, whether it be work or school, we have an on and off where, where we're here and this is how we behave when we're here. And then, I mean, when you come home from work, you know, untuck your shirt, loosen up, take the shoes off. You know what I mean? Like there's a natural progression of um, transitioning from, from one place to the next. And I think it's hard to not carry that over into church um, without being conscious of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it takes some uh, real effort on our part to um, be intentional about uh, what we believe in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you've when you've had an encounter with God, I I just um, it makes all the difference because then you want to incorporate. Not I don't it feels weird saying incorporate him into your every day because I want him to be a part of my every waking minute. So, mm-hmm. um, I've grown to a place where I want him integrated and I work for that at the same time. I definitely, um, feel a little bit more guarded when I am at a church event as opposed to, you know, chilling with my home. Yeah, so we get uh, we get stuck in this idea that there's this this black and white reality uh, to our faith, or, or this the, you know that we should view our faith and view uh, sometimes like our worth as a person or our worth in our relationship with God in this very black and white way, right. and that 
um, God is kind of this, uh, he's kind of this cosmic accountant, right? That's kind of sitting, he's sitting up there on a cloud and he's counting on, like I just imagine him on like an abacus, like counting all of our, our good deeds versus our bad deeds. And there's this very karmic approach to, um, to this relationship with God. Now, I don't want to talk about karma necessarily. I don't want to get into like, is karma a thing or the church doesn't believe that karma is a thing, right? Like you're, you're at your, all actions have consequences. And so a lot of times, you know, what, do, what goes around does come back around just kind it of does. in the natural order of things, yeah. right? Consequences are a real thing. Um, but it's, there's, uh, the church doesn't teach that there's some kind of cosmic force out there. Like, like, you know, if you ran a stop sign, when you were 17, that someone else is going to run a stop sign right. and crash into you when you're 35. Like that, that's not a thing. Okay. Um, but that's how we approach our relationship with God. And I think sadly, that's how many of us approach the mm -hmm. altar on Sundays. That's how we approach uh, interactions with our faith community on Sundays, kind of thinking that I don't deserve to be here or maybe, yeah. maybe even, you know, maybe even worse, like that person over there doesn't deserve to be here because I saw them Ouch. at the club or something, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like there's, there's that whole, um, this whole idea that we kind of have to earn grace and that we, that we have to earn right. the, the love of God. And I think that's really fundamental in our understanding of, um, or maybe our misunderstanding of our, our church life versus everything else. And who our right. God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, very, very interesting. Like, so, so how does this affect our knowledge of God? How does this, um, how does this impact who we think God is? Do you, do you have any, any thoughts? Um, no, I'm just thinking of this uh, conversation I had with um, a spiritual director, and he, I was saying something to the effect of not feeling worthy, you know, and, he, and so he's um, real good about asking me the questions that we both know the answer to, but I'm feeding him some baloney from my thoughts, you know, about how I'm not worthy, da-da-da, and he's, you know, but do you know that God loves you? Yes, I know that. And, um, and understand, and hearing it said back to me, he's like, so are you in, in essence, when you're, um, doubting or thinking that, um, his grace isn't sufficient for you, you're placing yourself above him. And, you know, he does the question, do you want to place yourself above him? No. Mm -hmm. So uh, kind of quickly, I feel like a, a, a little school kid being scolded and I'm just like, okay, I was wrong. You know, no, I don't want to do that. So again, yeah. So I'm someone who I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like I'll come to this realization of how much God loves me and maybe something about like you're saying how I misunderstand that love mm -hmm. or I misinterpret that love or I ignore that love or whatever. Some There's some disconnect and I immediately jump to this place of shame for the disconnect instead of getting to the point that yeah, God is, is trying that? to make, which is that like God loves me. Yeah. Right. And, and I think sometimes that's, um, you know, I know for me as I, as I move from Sunday into the rest of the week and I work at the church, right? Like I work for a church, but as I move from Sunday, Sunday into the rest of my week or into the rest of my, my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that's where I, I kind of take like this, this wild, turn and kind of go off path thinking, well, um, I can kind of compartmentalize my, my, my life, uh, on Sunday and I can compartmentalize my life, uh, the rest of the time, right? So my Christian life and the rest of my life, uh, in these kind of 
two separate areas and I'm kind of living almost this like it's almost like I have split personalities or something right yeah and and the thing is really what I'm doing is I'm trying to hide these vulnerable um, tender places in my heart in my life from God yeah I'm saying that God these places really they're 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 painful I don't want to go there I don't want to be um, you know, transformed in those places because it feels like they're too dirty or too icky or too broken or whatever. And so I'm just going to keep them over here, right, in a box. Um, but the thing is, as, as psychology has taught us, right, none of that stuff goes away. It's impossible for us to just ignore nope. the things that hurt us and to ignore the things that are incongruent with who we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I struggle. I struggle and I struggle and I struggle alone because I'm, I refuse to accept the help that God wants to give me. Mm. I refuse to just let God love me. I refuse to even like your spiritual director says to just realize that, you know, like God is higher and bigger and better and more loving and more perfect than me. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that I'm imperfect it, it or, or that I'm beyond help. It just means that God is God and I'm not. Right. Right. And that I think is a really tough lesson um, for so many of us to live. And, and uh, you know, I, I brought up Father Wade earlier and I think he got to a place in his life um, a little bit later on in his priesthood um, when he realized that he, he was being called by God to just be himself all the time. And why does that feel like it's hard to do and, and not enough? I don't know. I don't know. But I think, I think some of it has to do with the fact that we're, we're conditioned, right, to be, um, to be judged in a very different way by the world uh, than God judges us, mm-hmm. right? God looks at us and um, uh, he just loves us. Right? He looks at us and he just loves us. Every interaction uh, that he calls us to with him uh, is born out of love, right? Um, the world uh, looks at us and, and says, you know, you're, you're too poor, you're too rich, you're too tall, you're too short. You're, you know, there's all these kind of conditions on, right. on what's successful or what's lovable. Um, and I think because that's kind of what we're immersed in all the time, and the world's noisy. The world's noisy. It's it's a it's a distraction. I think it becomes easier for us to kind of or or that that going that direction in our own hearts and in our lives is more familiar, right? Yeah. So so we kind of gravitate towards it. God's love, you know, God's love is not really familiar to us. And yeah. and we see that I mean if 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 we understood God's love uh, the way that Jesus wants us to, we wouldn't have crucified him. Mm. You know, if we really understood his love, he would have come down to earth and we'd have all gone, oh, yeah, of course, this makes sense. And, you know, like it, like it, there wouldn't have been this need for him to show us so radically right. what uh. his love looks like. Right. Um, but we don't we don't get it. And uh, we have to kind of struggle to keep it in our crosshairs even. And and that's kind of like that's kind of like the point of living right like that's kind of yeah. like the point of this this christian life that we're talking about um again i bring up father wade because later in his life he he got to this place of where, where he really figured out how to do that 
He, mm-hmm. he, and, it, and it wasn't perfect. I mean, you know, I, he was a priest. I worked for him. Um, there were people in his office mad at him. He got angry emails just like every priest, right? Like that, like things, he wasn't a He's perfect human. guy. Yeah. But he was very accepting and saw the beauty in his own humanity. I love that. And that, to me, I don't know about you, that to me is That's so... That's huge. So huge and so, so difficult. It is because, um, well, yeah, I think we all struggle in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I tend to uh, want to hide the shameful parts, um, not share stories that I feel bring, um, that bring shame to me. But um, I think it's our brokenness that allows us to be relatable to other people and it's the space needed for God to kind of infiltrate our whole being uh, is that brokenness. Interesting. So um, would you say that in your life you're you're more or less in tune with God when you are, are working on something that you feel like maybe you have to you have to repair in your life. Would you would you say mm-hmm. that those those moments of like like kind of working on yourself are more powerful in your relationship with God? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I definitely uh, see myself on on the bottom on the ground level and needing to rise up to Him, um, knowing where He is in in this imaginary um, in, in this image in my head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I see him in the sky and I'm on the ground and um, in times of brokenness and times of trial, um, I would say in on the onset of a trial, I might not be as close to him or welcoming and still try to hide and grab those fig leaves, you know, to mm-hmm. cover up. But um, in in my older age, I have learned from many trials. Um, that's the only place that I'm going to gain peace and any resolution in any situation is going to come from my communion with Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, you did. And it it brings up another question, which I think, uh, maybe some of our, of our listeners will have is, okay, so getting back to kind of the point, like how then do we marry this church life with the rest of the week? Like, like what, what then does it take to stop, um, to stop compartmentalizing, to maybe, uh, summon the courage, right. To invite mm-hmm. God into those times when we don't feel like the things are great. You know, if we're, if we're, um, my, my family growing up was like, my dad was an usher and my mom was a lector and my dad was in the Knights of Columbus and, and nobody really knew. And even I didn't really know at the time, but nobody really knew that our family was really struggling to just like stay a family mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I mean, we had great times. I have a, a wonderful mother and father, but, but they divorced eventually. And there, that divorce was not something that they, I think, um, expected or saw coming, but it's definitely something that there were, there were big time red, red flags. There were big time signs. Right. And, and I think one of those, one of those signs looking back is, is we, we really did as a family, we, we focused a lot on, um, uh, not, not necessarily in a superficial way, but out of this, this, this need or this desire to, to survive, like we focused on the external. We, we, we did. So, so it was, it was more important that we 
you know, um, got to church on time and we sat in a certain pew and we kind of, you know, did, mm. did these certain things, uh, as opposed to like really focusing on the content of what was going on at mass or really, right. um, and not that my parents didn't make that a priority. It was just lower on the list mm-hmm. than a lot of those external things. And it's, and those external things are, are, were propelled by, by fear, fear that someone's going to judge you, fear that you're not going to be worthy, fear that you're not going to, going to, you know, be accepted or whatever. And so for me, I think the, that, you know, that lesson, and it's a lesson that I've had to, to learn several times and will probably have to learn several more times, is that, you know, the fear of being unworthy is this huge lie that the, that the devil, you know, perpetuates throughout the church mm-hmm. and especially um, throughout those that are kind of, kind of on the fringes of really encountering Jesus or on the fringes of really coming to this place of, of true belief. Um, a lot of times there's this, you know, and I know a lot of youth ministers that struggle with this too, that, that they're, they feel called to ministry. They feel called to, um, uh, different, um, different like outreach discipleship roles in their lives. Um, but they just don't feel worthy. Well, if you weren't worthy you wouldn't be called. If you weren't right. ready, you wouldn't have that, that desire and that real driving energy to, to go complete those tasks, right? That God has yeah. set before you. And so that means that, that that feeling of unworthiness is a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. And so I think the, the, the first step, um, and it's the first probably of many steps for, for most folks, is to, to recognize that there, there are some places in your lives probably where you're, you're believing the lies. You're yeah. believing that you're not worthy, that you're, you're believing that you're not good enough or smart mm. enough or that you don't, um, you don't get it as much as the Joneses sitting in the next pew. Oh, right? comparison. And so you've, yeah, exactly. And so you go through this, this crazy cycle of comparison and this crazy cycle of like, um, you know, uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got to do this and that and wear these clothes and, and be friends with these people. And pretty soon you're burned out and you just stop going yeah. to church altogether because the meaning has been totally lost. Right. While right. you're trying to fit this formula. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so the formula then has to start with, okay, where, where, are the, where are the lies that are telling me that I'm, that I'm not good enough? Where are the lies that are telling me that, that I don't belong here, that I'm not invited here? And really trying to tune those things out. How mm-hmm. do you do that? I think that's up to the individual. I, I, I think you have to, and we can talk about that some other time, but you've got to develop and you know, work on developing this relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, to me, that's the big first step is you just got to recognize that all of those things that tell you that you're not enough um, to, to have a relationship with Jesus, to be loved by him, to be a part of his church, it's just all... It's a lie. It's a lie. Look, I want to plug my favorite podcast, Abiding Together. They had um, Father Justin, I'm blanking on his last name, but one of his little sentences that I think made it on a mug is, stop talking to the dang snake. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I think sometimes we give too much um, credit and time uh-huh. to the lies that, you know, we know they're lies. We uh-huh. know they're lies and we still kind of entertain them uh-huh. for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, um, there's a, the, 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 you know, you, you could even go so far as to say, like, like the, the lies are all about entertainment, like all, all of the lies, like mm-hmm. even, even Adam and Eve's first conversation with the snake, 
is really kind of about entertainment, right? I want to be entertained because this this fruit is going to taste good, mm. right? I want to be entertained for those few minutes. I want to be entertained with this knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, I want to be entertained with with power, with my own like you know self aggrandizing or whatever, right? I, I want to feel special, um, and that that feeling of uh, that that desire now that we all kind of feel um, of unworthiness is kind of this confused uh we've we've replaced uh the truth of our worthiness the fact that god created us in the first place the fact Mm -hmm. that god invites us to the garden the fact that he wants us to be there with him all the time um you know we're confusing that message with this message of you gotta you gotta earn it you gotta you gotta gotta do xyz and and, and jump through mm -hmm. xyz hoops and all these things um you know, there's, there's a lot to, I think this, uh, just coming to this realization for, for a lot of us that, you know, God loves me and that's, and that's enough. That's Mm -hmm. enough to accomplish anything. And in fact, that's bigger, like motivation and bigger, um, uh, it's a bigger driving force in our lives than anything we could ever hope to accomplish for ourselves. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean our accomplishments don't mean anything. It just means they all come from the love of God. Yeah. And that's something worth giving back to him. That's something worth recognizing, you know, if not for his sake, then for, for our own, for, for being able to like, to, to know that, you know, I am, I am good enough, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I am um, worthy and it doesn't, doesn't really matter if, you know, I, I don't fit everyone else's mold no, nobody else made me like right. the only mold that I really have to fit is, is the one that God made me with. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's a, there's a, there's a lot of freedom there. I think lots of freedom, lots of freedom. Um, I want to, I want to throw out a word that kind of scares people. Ooh, I think it's a scarier word for oh, a gosh. lot of people than we, than we maybe realize, even though we say it a I lot. Feel nervous. Holiness. Holiness. That's Holiness. scary. Yeah. I think it's scary for Does a lot of people. Does it feel unattainable? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I mean is, is there's, it's kind of got this, um, this aura of like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't even, I don't Bright even know. Bright white light. Yeah. Shininess. Like, oh, well, yeah. let's start some music here, right? Yeah. yeah. Blinding. Blinding. Um, yeah. I will go blind. Look. <laughs> exactly. And then also this, this idea of like, of holiness as perfection. So oh. we think about like the Brady's or the Waltons or, Bruh. you know, they were not perfect, you know. but right. But we, we thought they were, we thought they were, we thought they were, um, is there, is there a, tell me, tell me what holiness <laughs> means to you. Um, what does holiness, um, I think exerting the effort, um, ex- so we're saying that uh, striving is not something we're going for, but I think it's important to have a a holy effort and intentionality about our day. Mm-hmm. So um, acknowledging that there is a God, acknowledging that I want a relationship with Him, acknowledging that um, He pursues me. Um, I think holiness is living in that truth, trying to keep that. Um, we were talking earlier about all the thoughts going, you know, so many things um, permeate my thoughts all throughout the day. But I think holiness, I feel like I am holy when I have that at the forefront, the mm-hmm. knowledge that God is pursuing me. And then and then I have to pause a little bit and, and ask myself, am I pursuing him as well? Mm-hmm. 
and then, um, you know, I guess depending on my answers is, am I living my holy est life? Okay. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's something that we don't, we don't often think about is that holiness is not a one-time thing and it's not right. something that, oh, well, I'm. It's I'm, not a destination. It's not a destination. It's a, it's a practice, mm-hmm. right? And, and the word holy means to be, to be set apart, right? To be, to be made, you know, um, to, to, to be made differently, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, we, we look at that definition and we think, okay, so that's, that's like a goal. Like going mm. to college is a goal or getting out of yeah. debt is a goal. Far away. Far away. It's far away, but it's something that I'm going to take certain steps and I'm going to attain it. And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there's the and and even in just in the in our in our in the example that Jesus gives us by living his life, you know, his his life is not about the destination of the cross, right? right. If it were just about that, he was already fully God. Mm-hmm. If it were just about that, then all the other miracles are like not really right. necessary. necessary, right? Right. right. Um, but he he. He want one. He wants us to invite. He he's inviting us into that journey of his life. He's inviting us to experience, um, to to experience him in his church and in, in his in his teachings and, and in him in a relationship with him. Um, he he wants to be our friend, right? right as he says in John's gospel. Um, but he's also really really concerned with teaching us about being fully human while we're mm. here. Right. And there's an aspect to holiness that is like holiness is also being fully human. It's also yeah. like our our ability to just like live life and be happy and, you know, smile when we see a puppy like like those yeah. those kinds of really tangible human moments, I think, are also very holy. And there are things that mm-hmm. we don't we don't think about. Um, Jesus cares about our all the mundane he stuff does. in our life. He cares about you know, our, our friends and our, our desires and our concerns and, and the things that, you know, the things that keep us up at night, right? Yeah. He, he really cares about those things on a, on a, a deeply human level. And that should, that should tell us that for him, there is no distinction between a Sunday life and a, a Monday through, right. through Saturday life, right? There's no distinction between this, this, you know, sort of act or whatever these motions that we go through on Sunday mm-hmm. and then the rest of our lives. Um, the, the, I'm, I'm going to say something that I've said to teens that I think is a, it's an important thing, um, for people to know in this, this, um, is something that I've heard from a, a couple of different, uh, pastors that I've worked for. Um, you know, Sundays, your, your experience on Sunday is not, um, it's not something that God intends to, for you to just keep on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not something that God intends for you to, uh, to go and kind of experience and check off your list, um, uh, in this kind of obligatory way. You're, you're obligated by the church to go to church, right? You're obligated by the 10 commandments to keep the Sabbath holy, but that's kind of like the base level, right? right. Like that's, that's just to kind of get you in the door. It's a minimum. Exactly. And the minimum is not about necessarily what, you know, um, uh, like, like how holy you can be or, or maybe filling some kind of like somebody else's expectation for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really kind of about 
you experiencing God and then being able to use that experience to enhance the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? Sunday's, the rest of your life, the rest of your week. Sunday yeah, should make your life day. Sunday should make your life better. Mm-hmm. It should make the rest of your week better. And if they're not, something's wrong. Mm, yeah. If they're not and I don't say that to shame anyone. I say like look at it with some with right. some perspective. Like, man, what am I what am I um, I mean, you've heard so often, like, what am I getting out of mass? Right? Mm. What am I? Well, well, what are you really doing while you're there? Right. What are you bringing to it? Right. You know, like what when are I you when going I, heart wide open? Exactly. When I'm when I'm just there and I can kind of just be present at church and just, you know, let God love on me. The rest of my week is so much better. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that things don't happen or that I'm above like a struggle that week. Right. It just means that I have, close some, by, I, I have some peace mm-hmm. during that struggle. You know, um, yeah. So I guess all the, I guess we can kind of sum that part of it up by saying, don't be too hard on yourself. No, don't, don't, you know, a a lot of this, um, you know, this, this distinction, this disparity that we see between Sundays and the rest of your life Mm -hmm. is because we, we kind of tune God out as soon as we walk out, you know, the doors of that church, um, God's kind of like, he's, he's still back there in the church and, and I'm, I'm not really present to him the rest of the week. Um, so I'll see you next Sunday, God, I guess, you know, if I, if I make it, if I get up in time, yeah, I'll see you next Sunday. And I think really what God wants for us is he, he wants us to know that when we, when we, in, in, in mass, in our faith community, when we have these opportunities to, to really give him our lives, um, that, that we can, we can do that and we can expect that he's going to, um, just surpass, like absolutely surpass every one of our expectations, right? He's, he's going to carry us through that next week and, and literally carry us through that next week or that next struggle or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think I found it. I, I don't know if this applies to other people. I'm going to guess it could. The structure of the mass, the structure of having um, mass on Sunday is something that I feel like, you know, um, it's the backbone of my life. So then the rest of the week, how does your prayer life look? And when I'm not in a Bible study or doing a consecration or um, in some type of um, scheduled you know, set aside time. Mm -hmm. That's when I feel like I start to wane and Mm -hmm. get a little feeble on my feet with Jesus. And, um, I don't know. I think that that plays into the whole idea of having things separate on Sunday than the rest of the week is because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to have something that's already pre-programmed someone else's. It can be, a passive experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not advocating for that, mm-hmm. obviously. But I think that many people can um, get themselves to church and then the active or passive part becomes a choice. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes, you know, we, we I rest in passivity. Mm-hmm. I'm not proud of that. <gasps> that was art. The ice. That was ice. <laughs> We're being real professional uh, today. I'm, think, um, I'm thinking of a song. Okay. That I'm not going to sing. And I, uh, okay. Defender. Um, Stephanie Gretzinger sings it, may have wrote it with, okay. um, 
Francesca Battistelli. Okay. I think. All right. Maybe. I hope I didn't you get said that wrong. You said that really fast. Because it, it kind of like got to the service and pow, came to me. Gotcha. Um, at the end, I don't know if it's a tag or whatever. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't know all the musical terms. Um, but at the end, um, she, she is, uh, it's just a beautiful, lovely song. And she says, all I need to do is worship. All I need to do is stand still. And it's just this idea that, um, I don't even know if that's the exact words, but that's what I hold in my heart when I'm struggling, you mm -hmm. know, is that if I can be still, and I know that he has told me to be still, that he'll come to me in my time of need. And that's super comforting, whether it's Sunday or any other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we, we talked about just now, we kind of talked about how, um, uh, we, you know, God, God is going to kind of, kind of carry us through, uh, those, you know, those tough times and those distractions and those different things. And we, we don't necessarily have to, um, have to like, like, like struggle through those things. And that mm -hmm. sounds like a contradiction, right? But I think when, you know, when St. Paul says, uh, for this, we toil and struggle, or when Jesus says, you know, take up your cross and follow me, uh, uh, what they're, what they're saying is not so much, uh, to like, like, you know, not to, not to struggle on our own and not to take, you know, the right. kind of the whole world upon our shoulders, but to struggle in the opposite direction, to struggle with, um, you know, giving this, this life that we, that we're, we're so blessed with giving it back to God mm -hmm. and, and allowing ourselves to be present, even if it's in a passive experience in prayer. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just sat there. I didn't really participate. I didn't really put myself out there. I wasn't really active in my prayer. But I was open to the fact that God was there and he was moving and he was, he was present to me. Right now that's, that's still a seed planted. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we still have that choice of saying, uh, of being, you know, receptive of, mm -hmm. of whatever God is, is, is giving to us in any particular moment. And so we, we, you're right. We do, um, we all, we always have a choice. And, and I think that's the cross that, that, Jesus is really referring to, right? Is that, that, you know, he knows we're going to mess up. He knows that we're going to fall. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we're going to turn our back on him. He knows that there are going to be things in our lives that we really, um, find difficult to, to give to him and to trust him with. And yet he still calls us to perfection. Mm. Right. And so that perfection to me can't mean like you're going to get all the answers on the test, right? Kind of perfection. It means that we are, always um working to be open to his grace working to be open mm -hmm. to his love working to be open to the direction that he's calling us in life um and that i if we're open to that i don't think we have any choice but to take that with us out of the church yeah right to take that with us into the rest of our lives mm -hmm. um that that doesn't really serve a purpose when we're still sitting in the pew necessarily mm -hmm. right um so so yeah, we, we, we do, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head that, that when we, when we come to church and we, we have these moments of real, um, hopefully real encounter with God, like mm -hmm. we talked about last week, um, are, are we, are we just willing to be present to it? Mm -hmm. Are we just willing to give it some room in our lives and some room in our hearts? I say no a lot. I do. I'll, I'll admit, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect at it. I, I say no to, you know, 
to, to building on that relationship with God all the time because it is scary. And, and, and it does mean that you have to be vulnerable and it does mean that you have to be uncomfortable, right? Um, but when I say yes, mm. I'm so much happier. It's true. It's, and it's hard, to, it's hard to acknowledge that and think of the times that you've said yes and the bountiful blessings that he gives you and then be presented with another challenge and consider no. Yeah. You know, yeah. why do we do that? Why do we do that? I don't know. Um, you know. Protection, that, right? We just want to protect our heart from, sure. um, from being hurt mm-hmm. or we don't want to appear silly, I guess, to... Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes I don't want to appear silly by what's on my heart, you know, but he wants to know it all. And he loves us individually. <laughs> we just, we just exchanged a look and it made us both laugh. Um, uh, which I'm, I'm kind of shocked doesn't happen more, yeah. honestly. Um, so, so maybe in closing, I'll, I'll just to kind of give us a little bit of a, um, uh, a little bit, a bit of a picture, and then maybe you can share some scripture with us. Sure. Does that sound good? Okay. Like um, so, Father Wade, again, someone that you're gonna you're gonna hear about, Father Wade Russell. Um, he uh, he used to say that our relationship with God is like if you've ever seen um, a parent uh, kind of patiently trying to walk their toddler. Mm. pretty much in any direction <laughs> that their toddler doesn't want to go. Right. Oh, and, there's, and there's so many, <laughs> there's so many, um, there's so many possibilities there for like the toddler's behavior. Sometimes the toddler is like super excited and like runs off ahead of the parent. Right. And it's the parent that's trying to keep, to keep up. And, mm. and sometimes that's our relationship with Jesus. We're so excited about pursuing holiness and pursuing him that like we're out in front of him and he's kind of like, like just kind of there, like, kind of supporting us and cheering us on, right? Sometimes it's the exact opposite. And you see that toddler like at Walmart or something that's just throwing a fit, right? <laughs> and it's just become it. dead weight on mm-hmm. the ground. And their parent is is kind of dragging them through these this really traumatic <laughs> moment or this this really awful moment. Um, or maybe just kind of patiently waiting for them to like get up off the floor and, and continue on, you know, yeah. shopping or whatever it is that, that they're doing. Um, like that's Jesus a lot of the time is yeah. he's kind of just waiting for us to, 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 dis, to, to choose him. He's waiting for us mm-hmm. to kind of get through that, that fit and to choose. He's still there to love us. He's still there being present to us and taking care of us and, and pursuing us. Um, but he's not like, you know, he, he's, he's infinitely patient. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes like you see that toddler and you see, you know, mom or dad get kind of get down on their level and, and talk to them. And, and there's this moment of like the light bulb going off. Right. Um, and, and that toddler like, like has learned something new and understands something new and, and, and is, is kind of right there in that moment Mm -hmm. with mom and dad. And of course there's a million different variations, but to just imagine Jesus as this kind of patient, father who's he's he's got us by the hand he knows that we're gonna kick and scream sometimes Mm -hmm. he knows that we're gonna try to run away sometimes he knows that we're gonna do all these different things (laughs) but he's just there he's just there and he's there 100 percent. he's giving himself to us uh his attention to us 100 percent. that's how i like to think um god uh god waits for us you know he, he he waits for um our our lives to um uh to become 
you know, this, this kind of fertile ground for holiness, mm. but not, um, not in a way that he doesn't get his hands dirty, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is the one doing the work in our lives, right. which again, there's so much freedom when we realize that, that Jesus is in control of that, mm-hmm. that Jesus wants to be in control, that we don't have to do it all ourselves. Um, so that's my, just kind of the image that popped in my mind. I know you have some, uh, some scripture to share with us and look, I think we're going to come in under an hour, which is exciting because we didn't really do that last time, even though we planned it. (laughs) Okay. I would like to read from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. All right. This is verses uh, 26 through 28. He made from one the whole human race to dwell on the entire surface of the earth, and he fixed the ordered seasons and the boundaries of their regions, so that people might seek God, even perhaps grope for him, and find him, though indeed he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said for we too are his offspring. And that ties nicely with your imagery from Father Wade um, with the Jesus and the toddler, that we are his offspring. And he is just gently um, pulling us towards him, encouraging us to follow him. Yeah, and there's, you know, it, it absolutely, I think, sums up what we're saying that, you know, there's a, there's, there's, there's nothing about um, perfection in that verse you just read, mm-hmm. right? There's no, and in fact, we can, you know, the, that idea of offspring, like I think about, you know, children and families. And, you know, it's like, that's the, the definition of a mess to a lot uh, of folks. mess, <laughs> you know? for sure. So, so that, that myth of perfection, that myth of like, you know, I, I have to be... Um, I have to be this perfect person in order to like achieve mm. holiness or in order to achieve uh, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Yeah. And once we jump, once we can get clear of that lie, once we can get into the habit of saying, I don't, I don't believe that lie. I'm not going to believe that lie today. It becomes a lot easier for us to be the, the people that we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Right. It becomes, you know, a lot easier for us to just, uh, to, to live in relationship with God. And, and, and that's the goal. Yeah. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Uh, we want to thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, we did not do any um, shameless plugging like we did last Plugs. week. We haven't done any of that uh, this time. So check us out um, on uh, on Instagram. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I almost said MySpace. <laughs> I really did. I almost said MySpace. That was weird. Um, check Flashback. us out on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast. <laughs> And if you'd like to email us, email late to church podcast at gmail.com and that ask us a question. Great. Questions. Um, so that's it. Have a wonderful week. Shall we close in prayer? Yes, we should. Uh, our Father and Hail Mary. That sounds great. Awesome. In the name and of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and, and the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, our Father who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
we will talk in your ear next time. I was going to say see you, but we won't. So, but you'll we'll listen to time. us. We'll see you I'm next time. I'm still going to say it. We'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like fun. Virtually. Yes. Or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Bye-bye. So in the first episode of our podcast, uh, you heard us there at the end uh, give you guys a tip on how to foster encounter, and we thought that was such a great idea uh, that that's something we're going to continue to do regularly or semi-regularly. So we've got some more tips for you this week yes. on how to foster an encounter with Jesus. Nikki, would you like to go first? I would. Go for it. Okay. So my tip for how to encounter Jesus. So you know when you're nervous about um, presenting in front of a crowd and, and some you, you might have heard like, oh, picture everybody naked or mm-hmm. whatever. So instead of that, instead of picturing everybody naked, I say picture picture Jesus in the heart or as the face of other people. And that helps me with encounter on a daily basis and, um, you know, ties into scripture that uh, whatever you do for the least of these you do for me. So um, being able to see Jesus and others when we live in community is a way that I encounter him. That is fantastic. I love that. That's great. Um, my tip for this week is, so when, um, you know, when we have these encounter experiences, I think sometimes we think that they have to be uh, these very grandiose things, kind of these over-the-top things, like lots of production value. Big and fantastical. Yeah, exactly. Um, forget all that noise. Keep it simple. Mm. One of the things that I... I tell my teens all the time one of the things that works in my life uh, especially when I need like a reset in my prayer life is the three minute prayer um, it's really simple and there's lots of different versions of the three minute prayer like if you google it there's lots of different versions the version that I like is um, I pray for one minute I, and I, it's really more of a conversation with God I'm just kind of telling God the things that are on my heart for one minute and then I listen for two minutes whoa how how first of all three minutes if you don't have three minutes loosen up your schedule like that's the problem loosen up your schedule but find three minutes spend one minute talking to god give him as much stuff as you can in a minute or as much stuff as you're comfortable with in a minute and then just listen for Mm. two minutes and the listening might just be sitting in silence sometimes that's what we need is silence the listening might be journaling it might be listening to one of your kids tell you about their day Mm -hmm. right but you're actively engaging in someone else's time someone else's space um and and you know if if you know jesus is our friend he's he's calling us our friend that's what that's what friends do for each yeah, other yeah we want to be in his space exactly we listen and three minutes is within a snooze within a snooze right so exactly. you can hit you snooze, can hit snooze do your three minutes and you can sleep for two more minutes yeah yeah that's win win. yep for <laughs> sure all right thank you all um so remember uh see jesus and others in the three minute prayer beautiful amen we'll see you next amen. time
Late to Church podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast. Theme music is by The Poor Kings. You can find them on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Take care, and we're praying for you. Peace.